Ladies and gentlemen, Sergios and Salas, welcome once again to Worldie. Right, well, first things first, this is an emergency podcast to discuss uh, the activities of Saturday night in Kiev, uh, where lots of things happened on and around a football pitch, uh, which we'll get to very shortly. So be be aware, listeners, that we are going to Champions League it up, and then next week we're going to be back uh, fully World Cupped up. And this week, uh, to help us uh, with our journey uh, to the Ukraine, we've got Jono back with us. Hello. And we've got, as always, Andy Roberts. Hello there. Right then. Now, this was... Do we do we need your pre-warning well, for people about the content coming up in this show? Will there be swear words? There will be, <laughs> there will be swear and rightly so. <laughs> because, as always, I mean, if there's any game that's going to get me really, really angry, it's going to be the Champions League final, mm-hmm. because it's the culmination of all the shit for the whole year, with the worst teams and the worst players and the worst fucking fans ever coming together to just rile me up. Rile me right up. Yeah. And it bloody happened, didn't it? Do we want to warm up with a general chat about why the Champions League is shit? Or should we actually get into the specifics I think Saturday? we can Let's... all assume that we know why the Champions League is shit and, and pointless and the worst thing about modern football. But John might have something to say about that. Well, no, no, not specifically. I, I would, I would think Andy's the man to talk about that side of things. He's, uh... I could go on for a long time okay. on that. Rather than do that, um, why don't you two quickly, before I get upset, uh, why don't you two quickly just talk a little bit about the final from a uh, footballing perspective? What was the score? What happened, etc. Well, the score was three one, but I'd hope most people would know that. Well, um, not I, on this podcast. I don't I mean, know if the Champions League final is our demographic. I mean, to be honest, um, it was an interesting game. I think I think a lot of people thought that perhaps it would be a better game than it was in the end. Um, there were certain incidents that that might have dictated that not to be the case. Um, interestingly, it was kind of a it was you you would you could argue it was an average game punctuated by a couple of well probably four or five very controversial or or impressive moments Um, i mean talking talking from a semi-neutral stance now i i was supporting liverpool against all of my natural instincts (laughs) i was was supporting liverpool in that match for a number of reasons it's hard not to yeah we we spoke about this in the last pod um but um but set from a semi-neutral stance, I I, I quite enjoyed the game. They, it was you're right. There were parts of it which were quite dull. I thought I thought Liverpool to start off with were playing really really well. I thought yeah. they 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 looked like they they looked they didn't look out of place. They didn't look like they were kind of letting the occasion get to them. Um, in as as you get in any kind of game of football, I think there were there were phases where Liverpool were the better side. There were phases where Madrid were the better side. All up until the first talking point, of course, mm. um, which we'll get on to in a bit, which was uh, which was Mo Salah's injury. Um, but but I, I mean, I thought it was a half decent. I thought it was a half decent game of football from a neutral's perspective. But as you say, there there were four or five big talking points, and they were either amazing bits of football 
or they were very very highly controversial moments or, or mm. terribly like excruciating moments and we'll get into all of those individually should we be talking about the fact that Real Madrid have now won three bloody Champions Leagues in a row I'd rather not well we could talk about that but if we start talking about that I, I, I'm then going to start ranting my, my massively tedious rant about how the Champions League is fucking designed to get exactly the same teams yes, through to the fucking points. final each bloody time because the whole thing is set up to weigh in the favour of the big big ticket teams who rate bringing lots of TV money Fuck. Ah! yes but very could you, true could you not argue that's the case in most other sports as well T- tennis for example seeding at the big competitions they want they want the big players to get to the finals not not the smaller ones they, they do I mean to be fair that but that the seat the seeding is fairly straightforward in tennis whereas whereas mm. in whereas in in the Champions League you have right so the seeding you have the the group seeding stuff so so once you once you've qualified through whatever position it is in your national league, you then have the, the essentially the seeding that comes within your nation's group, with your nation's kind of position. You also get your, your coefficient, your club's coefficient. Um, once you've done that, you, you have this arduous, financially lucrative group stage, which is designed to wheedle out the small teams. And be really boring for yeah. everyone. And then yeah. once you've done that, you then get through that. Am I right in saying they then did a secondary group phase? Or At one point, own? they did do a yeah. secondary yeah. group phase. And, and, yeah. uh, but then they move it, and, and then it's two legs all the way through to the final. Again, two-legged games are done, it's designed, spe- and it's designed specifically to wheedle out the, the, the smaller teams that don't get as much. T- so right. every single step of the way, they have engineered every single element of that tournament to get rid of the small teams. And... Um, and <laughs> Sorry, I'm, yeah, go 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 go. But I, I have to say, I'm not a fan of the two-legged uh, ties later on in the tournament. It's miserable, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's totally against knockout football because as soon as you introduce the home and away leg, um, you're you're minimising the the uh, the the risk. I say, I would say of um having an upset it, it's simple exactly as and that's exactly yeah. why it's designed in that in that fashion so yeah. this time round the two teams that got through to the final uh were were Real Madrid to everyone's lack of surprise mm. uh, even though they've had a very poor season they've generally not been a great side this year at all um and Liverpool now I think generally people were quite happy Liverpool were there Liverpool are a team that it's hard not to like at the moment they play a lot of dynamic football they have some great characters in the team they've got a really uh, interesting and Im- Im- passionate a manager which is very good and they've got one of the best and most exciting players in the world in Mo Salah so coming into the final I think most neutrals would have been on the side of Liverpool I expect yeah very much uh, and most of Spain would have been very much <laughs> behind Liverpool except except Catalonia except, well no except Madrid I'd say uh, would have been behind uh, Liverpool uh, but those uh, those uh, boys did not really show up in the stadium either, so it was a very partisan Liverpool crowd. Yeah, they were very. I couldn't hear any Madrid fans at all. To no, be it, it was very red, wasn't it? That crowd. But again, part of that was because Madrid had been there for the last three, well, three of the last four years. Champions League um, final. Who cares? Yeah, and, and and it was a difficult one to get to. They're like, oh, can we bother so, to go to this? Whereas Liverpool, it's only, only what, third in thirteen years, so yeah. it's a big, it's a big, mm. bigger deal for Liverpool fans because they just haven't been there as often. So right, so they go onto the field to play. Everyone's very excited. It's the Champions League final there's hours of build up and then we go out there and uh, the game plan is clear from the start Liverpool are going to press very high they're going to push really hard and do the thing that they've done successfully against Man City uh, and against Roma and all these other teams in the Champions League 
and press them hard and try and score. And they did press hard, but they were very unlucky not to score, I think, early doors. And I think mm. they generally bossed the game for the first 15, 20 minutes. At which point, Real Madrid went into what the commentators like to describe as game management. Now, for the uninitiated, game management is basically where their players shithouse the opposition to a point where they can no longer play any football. That's really what it is. What what really annoys me about this, the the phrase game management has been appropriated, so misappropriated, right? Because the word game management is a a phrase which was originally brought out when when you are 1-0 up, you've got 10 minutes to go, you don't go gung-ho. So you start start managing the game, you start taking time over your your pass. When you're in possession of the football, you're not going gung-ho, legging it forward. You're you're playing a different style of football that that basically ekes the, 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 the time out. It's not going standing in the corner sure. well, by it, the corner it, flag but that's that's kind of the that's kind of the kind of the poster boy if you like in game <laughs> yes. management is yeah, holding yeah, the yeah. ball in the corner if you, if you dilute it down essentially it's playing it's playing the opposition and it's playing the situation so whatever's yeah. happened up to whatever point in the game it, it is defines how you play um, and what tactics you play. So, so what So what Zidane realised at this point Zinedane Zidane as Lineker <laughs> brilliantly said at one point during the game Whoops. uh what, what he realised at this point was that they needed to stop Liverpool playing. And in order to stop Liverpool playing, they shrunk the pitch down, they kept everything very compact, and they, they gave away a lot of fouls, and they, they stopped the flow of Liverpool's attack, right? Which was successful to a point. Um, and then Sergio Ramos decided to take things into his own hands and specifically target Liverpool's best player. Uh, and... There was an incident, John. Maybe just tell us the incident before I get before I get deep into it. What happened? Um, well, they came they came together. Um, I think you you would have to after seeing the replay a few times, you'd have to think that um, that Ramos purposely pulled down uh, Salah. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in in that. Um, and when they when they went down together, uh, Ramos kind of fell on top of. Uh, uh, Salah's shoulder, and that has managed to injure him fairly, fairly severely. Um, so, so from my perspective, because like, there was lots of there was loads of debate raging on Twitter at, wow. this, at this point about did he mean it, did he not mean it, was it deliberate? And everyone said, oh no, but they've. It looks like Salah's actually linked arms in the first place. And so, well, what's happened there is you've got two players who are running alongside each other, and. That naturally just sometimes happens. You're tussling for the ball, and it was a physical challenge yeah, between the yeah. pair of them. And then, then what's like their, their arms are linked. They they start and, and and Ramos starts falling over. Okay, and he's kind of he knows he's going over. He and I don't think initially his plan was to necessarily set out to injure Mo Salah, but his point was I am not allowing Mo Salah to carry on running here. I'm mm. going down on the deck, so mm. he's coming down with me. Yeah. So he absolutely one hundred percent deliberately then pulled Salah down with him. Now, whether there was any intent to injure or not, if it had been any other player, I would say no. (laughs) Well, this is exactly my problem. And what's happened, right? What has actually happened here is that before any of this match has even started, someone at Real Madrid, I'm not saying it's Zinedine Zidane, but it's somebody, maybe Sergio Ramos has taken it upon himself, but he has made a choice to go out there and stop Liverpool's best player. He's made that choice, and then when he has the opportunity to do it, He's fucking taken it, mm-hmm. and he has actively 
injured Mo Salah. He's pulled him down in a fashion that is an unusual football challenge. It's not usual for people to go down like that. It's a wrestling move at the end because his arm is under his shoulder and he locks his arm tight to guarantee that he pulls him down with him. And then to, to balance that out even further, he rolls on and slams Salah to the floor. Now, Salah probably at this moment doesn't even realise it's just coming together in his head, right? But it's mm. really clear to me, and especially, like Andy says, knowing the type of player that Sergio Ramos is, he's actively gone to take the guy out of the match. He probably doesn't want to hurt him. He doesn't care, right? He wants to he wants to take him out of the game because he is the biggest danger it, to it, that team. One of my mates posted on Twitter and said, Sergio Ramos is the kind of guy that would unplug your life support machine to charge his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's fucking perfect. I mean, in, 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 that, in that specific incident, I think... Because um, then there's been lots of, there's been lots of stuff from, from like, yeah, like desperate Liverpool fans and stuff afterwards, and I, I understand it, it's emotions driving what they're doing and they're not thinking things through, but, but suggesting there should be some kind of retrospective punishment for Sergio Ramos part of the problem is is that actually in that incident it, it's very difficult to say there was actually specifically a foul in there because kind of by the point that he's going down it is kind of 50 50 right and they're, they're both basically falling down then there were then there was the motion to bring him down there is no absolute unequivocal unequivocal kind of definite like this isn't else this isn't somebody elbowing somebody off the ball no, right perhaps so, not so, so this is this is not the kind of thing that UEFA or FIFA would ever take any kind of retrospective no, action and, on and, although and, go on John. although there was another incident um where he shoulder barged essentially uh Karius's face um, two minutes which, yeah. before he makes the throw which Benzema taps in yeah. and again like this is a guy who's not playing football those two incidents may be two of the biggest incidents in the match have nothing to do with football mm. he's just going out there causing trouble being a fucking shithouse like he is he shoulder barges Karius in the jaw gives him like a boxer's punch to the jaw which some doctors after the match whether this is bullshit from Liverpool or not said that he had a concussion after the game I reckon that's bollocks it could be bollocks but either way if you get a whack on the fucking head it's going to have an impact on you for sure and and, and that and that's actually that that's what Sergio Ramos does right so that that's his game plan so his if in my in my opinion his game plan is not to go down I want to injure this person I want to take him out of the game his game plan is to go in there and to, it's essentially to shithouse and rough people up to it's it's the what's his what's his it's the sticking in the reducer right yeah. it is it's getting in there early and getting in on the people and it's getting in their head making them doubt themselves by being a bit physical by by doing something unpleasant and nasty to them. so that makes them second guess things so they, they are thinking differently about the football game than they should be because they're worried about what's coming along his game is, plan is is to stop football being played that's what he's there to do he's to kill fucking football that is what he's uh, there to do hurt players and kill football and two minutes after that incident in fact even while Mo Salah's walking off the pitch he's having a little giggle with the linesman on the sideline you know and you know yeah it's probably unrelated but don't be a fucking dick about it and it's, it reminded me very much of the Ronaldo uh, mm. Beckham the situation the you wink. know the winker uh, yes. uh, the Rooney it was Rooney oh Rooney, Rooney, yes, Rooney, Rooney got Rooney, sent off yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But, you know, I just, what I don't understand is the defence for this. And I was going crazy at the BT Sport guys because none of them pick him up on this bullshit. And this is not a, a, a single incident. Like, I, I will always back Ryan Shawcross in the in the Aaron Ramsey situation because Shawcross did not attempt to break his leg, mm. ever. No. It was just a heavy challenge that he got wrong. And that challenge has fucking haunted Shawcross. And he's arguably not the player that he could have been because of that tackle because he wears it fucking in his head all the time, right? Sergio Ramos does not give a fuck. He does not care. He has actively gone out there and fucking hurt that guy, ruled him out of the World Cup, probably the most loved player in the world at the moment. He doesn't give a shit. I'm going to wrestle him to the ground and take him out of the match. There's a, there's a question mark whether he'll make the World Cup or not. I, I, I th- so the, the, the sounds at the moment are that he will be there. I'm not sure how fit he's going to be, I think he would have to take him anyway just for the just because he's yeah. no seller. But I just I, I find it very hard to take that kind of that kind of situation in a game as big as that and then for the media... And they always do this. They will always back him because he's Sergio Ramos, because he's the Real Madrid captain. Somebody needs to call him out. He's doing this week in, week out in the league. You can look at a supercut of his fucking tackles on YouTube, and that you know he's a disgraceful player, and that's proven by his disciplinary record. How he's many the most sent, yeah. like 26 or something? It's ridiculous. The most sent-off player ridiculous. in the league of history. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't know, but I just find that... And people are talking about Bale's goal, and fair enough. Gareth Bale scored a great goal. He's definitely moving to Man United or something in the summer, so he's proven his point. <laughs> and then five minutes after that, the other fucking twat of the whole scenario, Cristiano Ronaldo, who was upset because he didn't score, so he had a bit of a cry at the end. Um, he came out because the the game wasn't about him, so they're in interviews, right? And uh, they're talking about, oh, wasn't Bale's goal great? Isn't it great to win three? And he's like, he's like, well, you know, yeah, it's been great playing for Real Madrid, but you know, we'll do something else next year. It's like. Fuck you! Not everything is about you. It's it's unbe- it's I, I was so shocked to hear that. That is genuinely unbelievable. Disgraceful behaviour. Have some humility, yeah. you know, at some point. So, yeah. both those players, and fair enough to Gareth Bale because he hasn't been playing. He's done something amazing. He's not being credited for it. So, you know, fair enough. But then Cristiano can't have that. So I've got to get on there as well. No, don't sign Bale. Sign me. And if sign me. And if well, exactly. That's that's what he's doing with a with a. It, you don't even have to be cynical about it. I mean, that was ve- fairly clear that he's just he's fishing for a bigger contract. At, Absolutely. At uh, that, that's all it. That's all it is, and he's taken the biggest stage that he can possibly take to to do it. If he's such a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's hard to take. And this is like one of those things that, that a match like that. It's like the reason the World Cup is great is because you don't tend to have this bullshit. So when you actually have mm. the World Cup final, even if it's not a great game, it's a celebration of football, right? Mm. And this is why everybody rose up against the Netherlands who tried to do this fucking in the World Cup final and everyone hated him for it right although that final was fucking it hilarious, was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. it was still very very and funny in the right team Ron the right team won because of it because because the Netherlands got that game completely wrong right? yes. because they were mm. a decent football inside I mean they, they they had the capability to play football they they realised that, that, that Spain were obviously much better at that than them so they but they completely changed their game for the sake of and, and it was it was incredible how much they over egged yeah, it it was, it was madness it was insane Absolutely it was madness, insane. but they did pay the price, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And I think this is why it hurts with, with Madrid, because they just get away with it time after time. And Zidane is now going to be remembered for having this incredible run and winning all these Champions League finals with a fairly average team mm. that relies on moments of magic from players like Bale. I mean, they didn't really create opportunities, right? They scored goals out of nothing. And, you know, fair play to Bale. He's been, he, you know, he's not had a great time of it over there. 
considering he's the world's well at the time was the world's most expensive player but he's he's gone out there done what he needs to do proven himself to be a quality player and i hope he gets a move to a proper club that isn't you know a disgrace just just to make a quick point about that goal i i think regardless of your feelings <laughs> which one jodo the the chris uh, the bail goal the overhead yeah yeah so regardless of how i feel about that game or about madrid in general you cannot deny that it was a it was a cracking goal is the and best probably the best champions league goal ever uh, i mean he, his manager would would disagree perhaps <laughs> i mean zidane had a cracker they replayed them back to back actually the other day and uh, the zidane one's good though it's not as good as the bell one i i, I, I. But either either way, that was a, yeah. that was essentially the that was essentially the the, the cup winning goal. Yes, right? that was, that's that the, was goal the moment. That won the yeah. game. Um, and yeah. and what a moment! And it was was it I, I don't was it actually his first touch? I don't know. He would only he was been on, on for a minute or maybe, two. Maybe yeah. I don't I know. Mean, I think he was on for about 120 seconds. Yeah. Two no minutes. way! Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that was it was incredible. It was a magic moment. And, and to do that after potentially not warming up that well, running on the pitch in the Champions League final, it's quite amazing. Just to try it. I mean, really. Ferdinand made a good point in the commentary. It was like even to try that in that situation is audacious. Yeah, let alone to pull it off. It is, and and, and lots of go- lots of people have scored lots of big goals, and lots of people have scored much better overhead kicks than that. Um, over you know more style or further longer away. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but to do that kind of thing two minutes after coming on in the Champions League final because it's one of the great things about sport and it is as much as I'm dismissive of the Champions League I really don't like it when you watch something like that which is essentially the pinnacle of club football in the world mm-hmm. um, you you want big name players to come along and do big things yeah. not Sergio Ramos things to fuck the game up yeah, yeah. you want people to come along step up to the plate and make make a name for themselves and actually do in in that Moments like that are what make sport really, really, really special. Absolutely. So fair play to Gareth Bale. Yeah. You want to see football and you want to see amazing goals. You want to see that stuff. You don't want to see the game being killed by somebody making a, making a foul, you know, uh, endeavouring to try and take out the opposition. And I just, I, I can't take, I can, you know, that goal is fantastic, but... That game for me is all about that single moment, or mm-hmm. those two moments where where Ramos takes out Carrius and takes out Salah. Going going back to the first moment, then when Salah Salah went off injured, I think it um, it, it really affected Liverpool and it affected Madrid in the same way. It well, kind of like the opposite way, really. Yeah. I mean, Madrid yeah. Madrid obviously thought, wait a second, we've we've got a chance now. Because they did look a little bit shaky in the first half hour. I'm pretty sure Liverpool were going to win the game, like based on what happened in the first 15 minutes. You can you can never say for sure, but it certainly would have been a, a more competitive game, based yeah. as you yeah. say, based on it, that. It that. changed that just that moment changed the entire feeling of yeah. the entire event. Well, I mean, to to put a stat on it, the the first the first half an hour. I mean, uh, Salah went off after about 30 minutes. The first half hour, Liverpool had eight shots. The last fifteen minutes of the first half, they had zero shots. Mm. Um, should we should we move on to the to the other talking point then? Because I think it feels like we we tippy toed around it a little. As bit. long as everybody gets the message, yeah, yeah, we do, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> and, and that the, the fucking Sergio Ramos is a disgrace. And somebody needs to do something about that nonsense. And he should not be remembered for being this great fucking triple Champions League winning captain. He should be remembered for being a fucking cheating bastard. He'll get his comeuppance. Something will oh, happen. I hope so. Well, well, just quickly, if if um, uh, if Salah does make it to the World Cup, there is a, a chance that he might meet um, 
Ramos in the quarterfinal stage. Really, that would be glorious. So could you imagine? I mean, I mean, what's probably going to happen is is Ramos will probably take him out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight for the shoulder. Just a just a a, a kind of knee high karate chop to his to his groin I, I, i'd have a degree of respect for that if he did like i'm i'm, I'm the villain of this piece because of what i did to this guy so i'm just gonna go and kill him basically but it but it oh but goodness it, but it would be particularly sweet if uh salah then then has a cracking game and puts spain out of the world cup yeah that would be something right we're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to come back and finish off our champions league chat the only thing that they have got is the big boy up front sig thorson Oh my oh word! My oh. We're talking about terrible, terrible things happening after the after the situation with with Ramos and Salah and uh, the bail. No, even before the bail won the goal, um, the Real Madrid first goal was scored by Karim Benzema. I even forgot he scored to be honest because of the nature of this goal. Mm. John, walk us through it. What happened? I'd rather not, to be honest. But <laughs> um, so Carius was obviously had the the ball in his hands was uh, trying to two minutes after he'd been whacked in the head by, by Sergio Ramos, <laughs> by Sergio Ramos. Yeah, yeah that's right um obviously dazed and confused indeed yeah. um he was trying to launch a quick counter attack um as as Liverpool often do um rolled it out to I'm guessing it was um uh, the fullback and Alexander on I think he was aiming for yeah, yeah I think so and uh I, Obviously misjudged it massively, um, and uh, Benzema just pounced, um, intercepted, and it went. It trickled into the bottom corner. I mean, looking looking at the rules, there is a specific thing that if Benzema had been actually trying to kick the ball, like in the motion of kicking the ball, mm. it would have been deemed a free kick, even though he didn't kick it out of his hands. But because he was not in the motion of kicking the ball, he was simply blocking with his leg. That's a legal manoeuvre. So basically, you're allowed to attempt to block a clearance, but you're not allowed to try and kick a clearance away, right? Uh, and that was quite good from BT. They had uh, a referee, I can't remember who it was. Graham Paul. It was Paul, yeah. yeah. Was so they Paul. had a referee on side, yeah. and he, he explained the difference between it. But when you see the replay as well, you realise that Carrius threw it probably a yard. Like, it's a yard out of his hand when yeah, Benzema yeah. gets across. So Benzema did really well to, to be in there and stick his leg out and, and get the ball across. But it was talking, you know, the sublime and the ridiculous. It was one of the most bizarre goals in a match of that quality yeah. that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, and and it was it was horrible misjudgment by Carrius, and and yeah. and I mean everybody felt sorry for him when I mean you always, I always do with it as a goalkeeper unless it's a Swindon goalkeeper unless it's Lawrence Vigaru, which a very similar thing happened to Lawrence Vigaru against Manchester United, but I won't go into that. Um, but um, but he, but yeah, everybody felt sorry for him. But the um, but part part of that will be it, it is in their game plan, right? He has it in his head every single time you get the ball. See if he can launch a quick one out to one of the fullbacks. Yep. And so, 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 so that's part of his programming. Okay. So that is part of the what under any circumstances you can roll that ball out there because you, you you'll see that when a manager changes the way the goalkeeper distributes the ball is one of the first things you'll notice change about how a, how a team plays. So that is that is that is a specific instruction he was given. Um, unfortunately, you know, there, there's also got to be a filter in his head that says that says no, this is he's on. a bit close he's a bit close mm. he's a and i think just close. i think just the moment the whole moment of the thing yeah possibly the clatter in the head that he got but also just the the, the occasion maybe just 
you know it was just a little bit too kind of eager or something i don't know but yeah i mean it was a very very unusual moment and i think benzema couldn't even really believe believe he'd done it no um and moving on from that i mean that that whole sequence of events changed the game completely so Mm. these the salar injury uh, the knock to carriers, the throw out and the goal, and all of a sudden it was a very, very different looking game. Liverpool came back into it fairly quickly, which was good, um, with a sort of uh, a fairly boggo standard goal from a corner, wasn't it? With Dejan Lovren. Was it Dejan Lovren? I think it was, wasn't I it? I can't remember. No, I, I can't genuinely remember. can't remember. I'm pretty still. sure it was Lovren who came in with the header. I think so. Um, and um, terrible marking. But anyway... Um, then after that, we went off. We went off to half time, and and the game progressed. And he thought, well, you know, Liverpool need to reassess things. They need to sort themselves out, get the Salah thing out of their head, because they've got players that are capable of still winning this match. And then they went out there, and then Bale scored the wonder goal. And like like you said, Andy, that was the moment that really won the game because it was an incredible moment. It stunned the partisan Liverpool crowd. I think people realised, fuck, it's going to be hard to get back in this now. Our best player's been, you know, uh, been GBH'd off the pitch, so mm-hmm. we haven't got a chance with him anymore. Um, and then something very strange happened. Bale, kind of like imbued with the confidence of a man who's just scored the greatest Champions League goal ever, decides to have uh, a 38-yard wonder strike, much like the one that he did score for Tottenham at the end of that season, his last mm. season, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and it whistles towards the goal, and it's, it's heading straight for Carius, But... Uh, it slips through his fingers. It, it, it slips straight through. If if you look at it though, I think I think well, firstly, I think that that second incident probably wouldn't have happened without the first one. I sure. think his yeah, I, I think agree. mentally he was struggling at that moment. Um, although between between the first and the second incident, he certainly made a couple of very good saves. He did, yeah. 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 Klopp Klopp did make the point though in his interview he said the second happens because of the first. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and you, I, you, I agree. There is no way that a keeper of, of that quality even if people might deride Carriers for not being, you know, maybe the level level that Liverpool want. Mm. He is a good keeper. He's a Premier League goalkeeper. Look, He's going to catch that, look, you know, 99 times out of 100. Look, I, I watched many games in the in the, in the conference. Go, conference goalkeepers ca- catch those, yes. you know. That's yeah. that's not that's not something always is a tricky one that if if you know if if he was only a championship level yeah. goalkeeper, that's maybe that maybe excuses it. It doesn't that is that is a pure anomaly, and it's basically that was a psychological thing. Mm. Absolutely, no it question. wasn't dipping or spinning no. that much. It was fairly straight down the yeah. barrel, you know. I mean, even if, even if he'd got his body position right and he'd have jumped and caught it with his hands by his chest or by his head, the ball would have still hit him and gone in. But mm. he tries to catch it across to his left, mm. sort of over his shoulder, well, and it I, just goes burst through the hands and over the shoulder and into so, the net. A couple of things. Firstly, I think the ball was moving a bit. I mean, Bale struck it incredibly well. He um, did. Secondly, um, Carrius, if you look at the replays, I think he was caught in two minds a bit. Firstly, mm. firstly, you can see him shaping up to punch it. And then at the last minute, he seems to want to, to catch it. Um, and that has obviously undone him. And, and a goalkeeper who's in his right mind and has got his head straight isn't in two minds when, when, when he's got yeah. that long to think about a ball yeah. coming at him. Mm. You do see a lot of continental goalkeepers punch a lot of shots like that for mm. that very reason because mm. they're not confident in holding it. Mm. For me, the best technique would have been for him to jump, 
high enough to get his body behind the ball as well as his hands mm. and, and take the ball on his chest. Even if he misses his hands, he's got his chest there to balance it. Like that, because it was around that height. For me, that would have been the best way to go. But like you said, he just stands there flat footed and it burst through his fingers. And it was actually, considering considering the, the way that game went, I mean, it was a very frustrating game all, all told. But the two goals that, that win that win rail the Champions League are very strange goals, really. Well, two of the three, let's say. Mm. Very, very strange. Mm. And not really befitting of a final. I think uh, Gerard Lampard made the comment that you just don't see those type of mistakes in those games, which is why it's kind of bizarre when you do, you know? Mm. Yeah, it was. It was... It was a noteworthy occasion but one of the things that that's kind of i i, I find frustrating is because the the carriers has come from a for a lot of derision and some quite nasty stuff by some dickheads on social media and stuff mm. we won't go into that because it's just morons it's keyboard warriors being dickheads um and then you know not representative of liverpool fans in any way shape or form um but the but one of the things that, that that people kind of were saying is that, that effectively that he the, the the implication being that he'd cost them the game. But the fact is, the first mistake was cancelled out pretty much straight away. You you you're then on an even keel. Mm. The game and we went mentioned it before. The, the moment that won the game was the overhead kick, mm. and that was not his fault. Um, so yes, granted, the third goal denied Liverpool the opportunity to have a go back in and maybe get back into the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um that that that's all it did, but it didn't it wasn't the thing that cost them the the the, 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 the it was a wonder goal that ultimately won the game. So yeah. I, I I genuinely don't think Carrius can be held responsible for for that defeat. And again, as you said, I think I think the most crucial moment of all of these things was was Salah. Going yeah. off in yeah. the first place. Right. Go, go, just, just another oh, yeah, quick go point. On, John. So, sorry. Um, so I, I'd like to make the point that Carrius has actually been pretty decent, um, particularly in the second half of this season since Klopp essentially gave him the, the number one role. I think he'd won a lot of people back, hadn't he? He has. And, and you know, I was certainly one who was perhaps not singing his praises, but certainly being a lot more positive about him and, and the goalkeeper keeping position he couldn't have been any worse than Mignolet could he so. well, that's that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but but it's it's hard not to argue that we maybe do need a new keeper I mean it's it, where, yeah. where does he go from here I mean he's yes he's still a young man I mean he's 24 years old and and has still got a long career ahead of him I'm sure but is that going to be at Liverpool I don't I'm not sure it, it will I think he probably would have been moving on from Liverpool anyway this summer yeah. so maybe that doesn't change that but it certainly changes his value in the market because now his agent's going to have a much harder time moving it on after and, making such a high profile mistake and to make to make a parallel between uh, David Beckham who got red carded for England at the World Cup I, th- I think you could you could argue that a mistake like that could potentially define your career and and Beckham managed to uh, uh to avoid that that definition I guess um of him being sent off and you might say on. it made him the player that he ended up being well, John you, you could say that but not everybody is that. David Beckham not every, well, and, and and you know uh, Rob Green um 
Joe Hart. Um, if we're going to list off failed England goalkeepers, Paul yeah. Robinson, yeah. Um, yeah. Scott Carson, yeah, just lots of lots of England <laughs> goalkeepers who've made high pro. To be fair to Jamo, he 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 had a long career he for did England, well, yeah. and, and yeah, he and he yeah. was a decent enough side. But yeah. but but players like yeah Robinson and and and, and Green and people like that made high profile mistakes, and they never their careers never seemed to recover. No, from it. it is a big risk for a goalkeeper. I mean, Paul Robinson, unbelievable from England number one to nothing yeah, within within like you know five minutes and, a, and mostly that's Gary Neville's sport never pass it back between the sticks yeah. Yeah. never pass it back between golden, the sticks never. it's a it's a comparison that's been made a thousand times but you know if um, if a star centre forward misses an open goal yes they'll probably be uh, be derided for a while but it's not going to be the end of the world because they'll have more chances to score but when a goalkeeper makes a howler like that it it stays with them. It stays with that player, mm. and it's it's harsh to say it, but um, I, I don't see where he can go from here. One thing I I, I found really I, I found quite upsetting and annoying actually um, was the fact that the the first people to go over to Carius at the end of that game were um, Real Madrid players. Yeah, couldn't um, agree more. Yeah, and 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 I understand that the other Liverpool players were all having their quiet moments on the on the in a heap on the floor, or whatever. So I'm not necessarily suggesting that they should have been over. Although you know you want the captain maybe to have a think about that kind of thing. But it took a really long yeah. time from anybody from the yeah. Liverpool bench to go over to. Speak well, to you him. never walk alone unless you're low at carriers. And on that note, I think we're going to draw this one to a close, boys. Thank you very much. I managed to get a lot of that off my chest. I feel a little bit better about things now, and we can move on with our lives because uh, the Empire won this battle but hopefully at the World Cup it's going to be the Rebels so uh, we'll see you next time say goodbye Andy cheerio and say goodbye Jono bye see you later fellas while I can dream please let my dream come true Yeah, so I mean, basically, the only thing you can can hope is that Ramos gets some kind of horrible like infection before the World Cup and can't go moth in the eye. Yeah, that'll do.